Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. It's the Thursday night preview show ahead of the Dolphins Bills. Huge game in the AFC, huge game in the AFC East, huge game in terms potentially of home field advantage. Bills have bounced back from that early season defeat, that week one defeat to the Jets to hammer both the Raiders and Washington. And we all know what Miami did at the weekend, running up 70 points, if you hadn't heard. This show, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Use promo code 3YARDS, 3YARDS, to get a $100 match bonus on your $100 deposit. And the biggest event this weekend is not the Dolphins, against the Bills. In fact, it's not even in the NFL. It is the Ryder Cup. It's Europe. That's me against the US, which is Chris and Alf, although Chris is, isn't here tonight, so it's just me against Alf. Uh, pairings for the first uh, for the first foursomes were announced this morning. And uh, Alf, it's looking pretty exciting as uh, your boys head, head over to Rome and try and retain the cup, whereas the Europeans look uh, slightly favoured in the, in the betting markets at the moment. Yeah, it's been going back and forth the the last the last two days. But my God, this team that the United States is sending over. Uh, I made the joke on OnlyFans that the last time the United States sent this much firepower over to Europe, they liberated the continent. Oh my God! Keep telling, <laughs> you, keep telling yourself that's what happened. <laughs> but my God, yeah, this is a this is a hell of a team. Uh, this is a hell of a team the United States is sending over there. Uh, first of all, your thoughts. Who wins or or do we have a tie and the United States retains the cup? I think Europe will win. I think Europe, the, I just think the, the the good European players are playing really well. And, you know, I look at guys like um, Ludwig Aberg, Rory McIlroy, Tyrrell Hatton, Victor Hovland. Nobody's playing better golf in the world than Victor Hovland. John Rahm, whereas actually, you know, there's a number of players, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, um, you know, who are out of form. Um so I think um, I think Europe will win, although I would say that, wouldn't I? But I do think Europe will win. All right. I'm going to give you some, some pairings uh, so we could give some some plays here to our listeners and um, those that are listening to us and might sign up for, for prize picks to play this, this weekend. All right. Now, this first matchup, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns versus John Rahm, Terrell Hatton. Like, like this is worth the, the price. This is the price of admission right here. Like. I don't know, man. I I don't know that golf course. Have you ever been on that golf course? It's no, no, never, never. It's it's absolutely beautiful, undulating, very up and down, and it's going to be really, really hot as well, like thirty two, thirty three degrees. So, you know, yeah. What's interesting weather. is the Europeans seem longer to me, yeah. and I don't know if if it, if it helps to be longer on that course. Uh, maybe you know a little bit more about it than I do. I don't. Okay, so, man. I'm just going to say that it's going to play for irons. And man, I got Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns in this one. Have you? I oh, see. I think, uh, I mean, Scheffler, great, obviously great off the tee, great, you know, tee to green. Uh, I think, uh, again, John Rahm, just an absolute force of nature. And Tyrrell Hatton's a really good player. Should have won multiple times uh, on the PGA Tour. I think, it, that, it, I mean, it'll be a great matchup. I, I like, I mean, match two is really exciting because. Two of the youngest, kind of most exciting players in world golf, and Victor Hov, Hov, uh, Victor Hovland and Aberg, the two Scandinavians against Max Homer and, and Brian Harmon. Uh, to me, that's a that's a European win. Aberg just, you know, I mean, he only turned pro about twenty minutes ago, but 
Um, he's already won two tournaments and mm. nothing seems to phase him. So, you know, he was a kind of a surprise pick by Luke Donald, but you kind of couldn't keep him out of the, the lineup. So yeah, I, I think those two are um those two are good to go. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you right there. Nobody's playing better than Victor Hovland in the world right now. Maybe John Rahm, which is which is odd because I just picked Scotty, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns to beat his team. Yeah. Um Moving on, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, like everybody's gonna be watching this because this is gonna be yeah. a lot of fun. It's uh, it's 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 the celebrity pairing uh, against Shane Lowry, Seth Straka. Uh, yeah, Straka just won a tournament right at the back end of the uh, the season. Lowry's been in good form as well. So like the Europeans have just got a lot of form players. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you know you go in that first group, Ram playing really well back in the season, Hatton played well. Like I just mentioned, the two Scandos in the second game, Straka's playing well. So again. It will be really interesting to me to see um to see how that goes. Yeah, and what's great about the Ryder Cup website is that you could follow a pairing exclusively, and I'm going to be watching this. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley versus Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood. It doesn't get any. I don't remember. I guess maybe the last Ryder Cup had a sexy you know pairing like this, but wow, like I can't call this one. I guess if it plays long, you got to go with Rory and Tommy. But if it's uh, if it's if the course is playing to irons, you got to lo- love Xander Shoffley. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, it's a tough. I mean, look, it's a it's a pick 'em on any of these four, really. Quite frankly, um, you know, this should be a really intriguing this final game teeing off at seven twenty UK uh, UK time, which would be seven six five four three. So two twenty in the US teeing off. Mm-hmm. So it's early, early. But I think they're doing it just to um just to avoid the intense heat that I think is um is going through that part of Europe at the moment. So, yeah, again, just so tough to pick, but, you know, it's hard to pick against Rory McIlroy. And, and yes, uh, yes, dear listener, I will saunter downstairs to watch this thing at 2.20 in the a.m. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am not missing this one, okay? That's I am going to miss the rest of these pairings, but I'm not going to miss this one. All right, that was prize picks. I think we could get on with it, Simon. Yeah, that was prize picks. Just to mention, though, don't forget Better Edge, uh, to go puff, to Factor Meals, and discountslots.com, and you can go to the Monday show to find out all the details in terms of where you get your discounts, how you sign up, where you sign up, and we thank very much our sponsors, as always. Right, to the weekend. The Miami Dolphins traveling to the Buffalo Bills. Before we get into it, before we get into what happens when the Dolphins have the ball, when the Bills have the ball, are you buying any of this Sean McDermott stuff where he's kind of talking in press conferences about, oh, it's you know so difficult and it's so, you know, this is a one of the best defensive coordinators of a generation. You know, it, it's great to talk to the media and tell the media that you kind of, oh, I don't know where to start and I'm struggling. And I... That's not reality though, is it? I tuned in today because I was, I was fairly convinced he was going to concede or forfeit. And I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get a buy. You know, we're going to have a leg up on the Bills, and then we can start preparing for next week, you know? But, uh, yeah, yeah, they're doomed. <laughs> if if body language is, is uh, any any indicator, yeah, yeah, they're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's unlikely that they're screwed. I think they're going to have a plan. But it'll be interesting to see what that, that plan is. So let's, let's talk about what happens when the Dolphins have the ball. Obviously, the offense is firing on all cylinders. Concern, though, about, obviously... There's a River Craycraft injury, and I wouldn't be surprised if Craycraft ended up on IR. But uh, Ezukama hasn't practiced the last couple of days, missed the game at the weekend, uh, was seen as a healthy scratch, wasn't on the injury report, report, but clearly there's some sort of issue there. Are you concerned about, you know, those two guys not playing, not being in the lineup? Because it looks like we're going to have to go into battle without them. Obviously getting Jalen Waddle back, which is huge, but, you know, 
that that's an issue, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm concerned uh, long term. Not concerned for this game because I think uh, they can mix and match for for a game. Uh, uh, longer term, if this uh, River Craycraft thing is going to linger, which I think it will, by the way. Um, and when I say linger, I'm not saying you know it's gonna it's gonna be ten, twelve weeks, but it could be six. Okay, it's 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 not uh, a shoulder injury for a wide receiver is not a good thing. Okay, it tends to linger and it will linger for the rest of the season. Uh, it would have surprised me if he's in and out of the lineup the rest of the season. So, yeah, they're uh, for this game. I'm not concerned longer term. They're gonna have to figure some things out because River Craycraft has been a, a pretty good performer for this offense all season long, and Tua obviously has has really, really good chemistry with him. Yeah, yeah. So when the Dolphins have the ball, obviously two are playing out of his mind at the moment, the run game flying, the offensive line doing very well. But what what are we up against? And we look at, you know, the the way after contain the Dolphins or to try and contain the Dolphins is obviously you have to get you have to get home with four. That I mean, you know, it, it seems obvious, but you don't want to blitz this team. You don't want to man up and blitz this team because you'll get burned, uh, you know, every which way but Sunday. The idea, obviously, then, is to try and get home with four. So how do you do that in terms of, you know, how will the Bills go about doing that? And you look at, you know, obviously young guys on that defensive line, but especially defensive end when you look at Gregory Rousseau and AJ Epinesa and, you know, Leonard Floyd, who's been around a bit but knows how to get to the quarterback, you know, and really what they've got to try and do and what I suspect Sean McDermott will try and do is, you know, I don't think you're going to get to her because the ball comes out of his hand so quickly, but you've got to try and impact him. You've got to try and, get to the point where you're just you're just making him freeze a little bit because you can take away those first window throws you know and Bill Belichick did that in week two now what the Dolphins have obviously done a great job of it is amalgamating second and third window throws throwing in the run game etc etc but that front four half have to get home don't they and and if they don't then it doesn't matter if it's, if it's the Buffalo Bills or it's anybody that they are going to struggle to do that now they did that last week very very impressively against Washington but that's Sam Howell in his fourth start. And I, I was intrigued to note that their their season blitz rate is 16.7%, but they they significantly went up from that uh, from that number last week, solely, I assume, because of housing experience. But their pressure rate is 31%, which is the NFL's third highest. Um, so they, they do know how to get home with four. And if you can just try and, you know, just throw two or out of rhythm, just try and... You know, just slow him down, just a, even a half a second, a quarter of a second. If you can get him to pause um, to verify what he's seeing, then you know that's where success for the Bills will come, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's sometimes easy to just say, you know what, just put two guys in in the a gap and give them a gap pressure, and that should slow down to us since he's going to see guys in his face the entire game. Problem with that is that Miami has taken to all these leverage runs. And it's not that they'll they'll call it once or twice a game. They'll call it 30 times a game. And when you have a team that's just trying to get out on the perimeter almost exclusively the entire game, and you're going to put linebackers in the A-gap, you're essentially lining them up to get blocked. And you're going to give up a lot of yardage on the perimeter. So I think you have to get a little bit more creative. You're going to have to win as three tacks. So Ed Oliver has to have a big game. There's no doubt about that. Daquan Jones has to be really, really good. Uh, Matt Milano has to take away those flats because uh, if you watch the Dolphin passing game, they do run a lot of flare routes. The reason they run outside of the backfield is to try to stretch linebackers. They try to get the linebackers out on the flat. 
And Tua doesn't mind throwing it out there to Mostert and let Mostert work one-on-one against a linebacker. And quite frankly, I love that matchup against pretty much almost anybody except maybe San Francisco. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough nut to crack. But the best answer is those defensive tackles have to win and win a lot as three techs. Yeah, one of the players that that maybe, you know, slightly more casual Dolphins fans, slightly more casual NFL fans won't know, but is having a huge impact for the Bills, especially in replacing Terrell Edmonds, the, the inside linebacker who ended up going to Chicago. His last year's third round pick out of Baylor, and that's um that's Terrell Bernard. He was AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week with two sacks, an interception, a fumble recovery. But he's been outstanding in all three weeks of the season. And, uh, and Buffalo have clearly found their new inside linebacker. He's a guy that can really run. I think at the combine, he ran a 4.52 or a 4.59. Um, uh, he's done an outstanding job so far for filling in for for Terrell Edmonds. And uh, and not only have they not missed a beat, he's actually just turned up with, with he, you know, he's a bigger player. He's a bigger playmaker in terms of getting his hands on footballs in, in terms of those sorts of things. And that's going to be very important it, it is is making sure that we don't allow Bernard to get on a tear and, and and make a few plays and, you know, really kind of help the Bills defense that way. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing uh, I have seen about uh, Terrell Bernard is, uh, you know, you see the size immediately. He's not a bigger fellow. He's about 225 pounds, very similar to David Long, actually. A little taller, about six feet tall. Uh, he's, he's one of the better examples of... You remember what everybody used to say when they were scouting linebackers? Uh, oh, he's a perfect Tampa two fit. Yeah. Well, that's who who Terrell Edmund Terrell is. He is so good in the passing game because he could get drops so quick. He is such a speedy player. Uh, I love him as a player, and I kind of like him as a fit as far as you know against the Dolphins because you know those flare outs you kind of want to take them away because you don't want to allow too much speed too much space so he's the guy that could get out on those flare outs and take it take it away give give Tua a little color so he could come off of them because i think that that's when Tua has been really really comfortable this season when he's yeah. been able to just throw to a back on a flare route and he knows my guy's going to win for 5 yards so i don't like it looked a little messy when i looked downfield you know what? I'll just take these five yards. And trust me, when a quarterback could just take five yards at will over and over and over again, you know, it, he's going to be really, really comfortable. And that's how you get those 16 for 16 starts that you saw against Denver. But yeah. I think uh, they can make, he can make these, those catches a little bit more contested. And if those are contested Tua might have to, to come off of those. And if he comes off of those, then there's opportunities downfield. So I'd how do you expect them to line up in the secondary? Because it's a very good secondary. Do we, are we expecting them to man up on the outside and play three safeties? And those safeties would be obviously Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and um, and Taylor Rapp. Do we expect them to to man up outside and do that? Do we expect them to play three safeties? They've obviously got a very good nickel in Teron Johnson. Tredavis White obviously is back and uh, and playing really well. Uh, the the surprise is that that Kyrie Elam has just basically not played, and I think it was a healthy scratch at the weekend, last year's first round pick. But they're getting yards or mileage out of Christian Benford, out of Dane Jackson, who's always been a solid player. It's a really good, experienced, heady secondary that, you know, obviously the Dolphins will know well, but, you know, McDermott's going to have a plan, isn't he? And I suspect it's going to involve those three safeties. Absolutely. Um, the Dolphins, you know, I, I hate to say that it's good news, you know, anytime that somebody's injured, but Jordan Porter hasn't practiced all week. 
Micah Hyde was limited with a hamstring injury. Well, every time you hear hamstring on a safety against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you giggle a little bit. Uh, Jordan Poirier, it's very, it's 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 imperative that he practices on Friday because it's he's a defensive player, and usually in this league, when defensive players don't practice on Friday, um, they're not part of the install, which means they probably won't play on Sunday. So that's when you got to watch on Friday. Does Jordan Poirier practice? As far as how they'll line up, that's one thing about Buffalo. They can be, they can be, you can rely on them to be very, very consistent. They're going to play a lot of cover six. They're going to play some quarters. They're going to be mostly in zone. They're going to be facing the quarterback and they're going to try to get home with four. And one thing that they absolutely do, and they did it last year, Miami took advantage of it, took advantage of it in the second game in Buffalo. And I'm certain that it's part of the game plan this time because it was interesting that Tua Tungavaloa actually mentioned him in the press conference. And it's very hard that somebody mentions a nickelback in a press conference, but Teron Johnson is a guy that they expose in the run game, which means that they always play him uh, in bump in the slot, which means if you send guys in motion, you're exposing him to the run game and you could bypass him and you essentially use him as the landmark for the run game. So you essentially find Teron Johnson and that's where you're running almost exclusively the entire game. They did that the second game of the season last year. And they ran off 180 yards on the ground on that snowy day. So I would expect pretty much the same thing. Buffalo is, is a team that doesn't really like to reinvent the wheel. They trust their personnel, and they should. It's really, really good. Um, as far as a wrinkle, I would expect, uh, I, I, I really do believe they'll play those linebackers wide. And I understand that everybody's going to say, well, that's suicide. You're going to leave your the middle of the field open. They did it again in week two. I think they understand how comfortable Tua is throwing to his backs, and he's been comfortable throwing to his backs the last two weeks. I think that's going to be a priority because you really can't go out there with just thinking you're going to stop both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waller. You got to trust your safeties. You got to trust your, your coverages to to be on the spot. So I think that's the priority, and I think their linebackers are going to be the biggest. They're going to, they're going to be the biggest part of this game for their defense. Former Delmont talked about the Bills considering bringing in Usain Bolt to run a scout team in prep for, for the game, given how speedy our offense has got, which is very funny. What's not so funny before we go to break is Miami cannot allow what Washington allowed last week, which was nine sacks and, and five turnovers. That That's just how you lose a game like this. And, and to me, after this feels, like I said, just before we go to break, this feels like a, uh, just a massive statement game. But not just for for pecking order in the AFC East, but you know, just as a statement, just to say, look, we really are for real this time. We really are a team that you have to take seriously, um, you know, because we beat the Bills at home last week in in week three, I think it was, with the the game where Josh missed the throw right at the end, and you know everything felt great. Then we went to Cincinnati on the Thursday night and didn't start very well, didn't play very well. Tua got hurt, and things kind of changed from there. And this feels like a you know. If we can keep him upright, we can keep him healthy. We can keep, you know, the offensive line can continue to play. The run game continues to, to to look really good, and we can keep Josh and that that offense in check, which we'll talk about in the second half. To come out of, you know, upstate New York with a victory on Sunday just feels like a just a massive statement for this team, and like the sort of statement we probably haven't made with any consistency in maybe twenty years. It's a huge game. And first of all, uh, speaking of Tua Tungvaloa, he won uh, the Offensive uh, Player of the Month, and I was very interested to find out that it was only the second time in, in team history. Was the last guy. 
<laughs> and it wasn't Dan Marino. It was Scott Mitchell, <laughs> which is all kinds of interesting. But uh, yeah, I've and everybody's already started with the you know what happens if they win. Well, if they win, their probability for the playoffs goes up to ninety two point eight percent, which is after four weeks, like okay, you know, like relax a little bit. But you got to think, you got to think about it this way. You got to project a little bit. If they win this game, you really on Monday you begin to start talking about because you look at the schedule going forward, you begin to start talking about that one seed and you start talking about winning the AFC East. If you lose that game, which they're supposed to because Buffalo is favored and they're at home, then it's a race to the finish once again for the division title. And who knows? Maybe that game at the end of the year is all important. So, yeah, a win goes a long way, a very, very long way to all to, to achieving all the goals that you set out for this season. Second half of the show, we'll come back with our predictions for the game and also look at what happens when the Bills have the ball. So stay with us. Let me introduce you to DiscountLots.com. You can become a landowner for less than $500 down and in less than five minutes. You heard that right. Discount Lots has transformed land ownership. No more hefty down payments, fees, and credit score worries. Now, imagine owning a piece of property with just a $1 down payment and $300 documentation fee. DiscountLots.com makes that possible. And here's the kicker. You will get an extra 10% off any property by using the promo code 5 that's the word five, F-I-V-E. Discount Lots makes land ownership accessible to everyone with no credit checks, no background checks, and no income checks. Go to discountlots.com today and make land ownership easy. Again, use the promo code five, F-I-V-E, for 10% off any property on the site, or you can just call 661-485-4086 and tell them the promo code to get started. That's Five F I V E. Get started and begin your dream of land ownership with discountlots.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized fast and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 
That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. You're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. It's uh, Simon here with Alf. Chris is off this week. Uh... So he won't get to do his prediction, but given that he's had a terrible start to the season, we're probably not missing anything there. Um, in the first half of the show, we talked about what happens when the Dolphins have the ball and the Bills are on defense. Flip the script, Dolphins on defense, Bills on offense. And we all know what's coming down the pipe, Alf, don't we? It, it's Josh Allen, it's Stefan Diggs, it, it's the tight ends with Knox and with the the, the rookie Kincaid out of Utah. But, but now they've added a, an element that perhaps you know, is going to make them seriously dangerous as the season goes on. And and that's James Cook, who now is playing, or certainly started the season at a very, very high level uh, and and is playing really good complementary football. Um, and you're not relying on Josh to have to kind of continue to beat you and be a Superman and put the cape on the whole time. Because what they've missed for years when they had Devin Singletary and, and those kind of guys was a really kind of A-plus running game. And, and if Cook can just give them that, that really does... You know, that hurts teams in the AFC, that hurts teams across the league, and it potentially hurts the Dolphins as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And uh, Dan Orlovsky really did a really good segment on NFL Live this past week. Uh, some of the things that Buffalo does that makes them so dangerous on, on offense. And I, I, I agree completely 100% with, with his hypothesis, which is keep Josh Allen under center as much as possible. Because that makes them the most dangerous. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why it makes them the most dangerous, especially against Miami. A lot of their runs are draw-like. They're draw-based. Uh, a lot of their run actions are slant actions, which means that they're, they're offensive linemen. Whenever time you see them slant, it's exactly how you hear it, okay? Your offensive linemen are slanting one gap over to hit the guy a gap over, okay? And you run the other way. It's as simple as that. Or you run for the cutback with the flow, okay? Now, having said that, Buffalo has a draw-based system. So when they hand it off from the shotgun, our defensive tackles, Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, are very good at playing the run on the way to the passer. So they can start their pass rush and then play the run from there. So they're so good at that, they can snuff out a running game, uh, pretty much just rushing as three techs the entire game against Buffalo if they stay with that. When you put them under center, it absolutely changes absolutely everything because now you don't know where the ball is going. And if he pulls it, now you got a, you know, one of the best arms in football throwing it back there on a seven or eight step drop. And that makes their passing game all the more dangerous. They've added some of these elements. I would expect them to roll out more of them as it goes forward. And Miami is going to have to commit numbers, I believe, to the box. If if they actually do put Josh Allen under center, because it's going to be extremely important to stop that running game. You can't keep them on schedule. They cannot be getting four or five yards of carry and stay on schedule and let Josh Allen play with third and three all game. Because if, he, if it's third and three all game, then you've got problems. And they're going to convert 20 to 25 first downs. That's not feasible. You can't allow it. They have to be on third and long. Uh, the most important reason why you, they have to be in third and long, that's where their turnovers come, okay? Yeah. If they're in shotgun and they're slinging it all over the place and you're in cover six and you're rushing five, 
and you're in zone, good things can happen to you. So you got to get them out of schedule. But I would look for that. Like, if you're going to look for something in the game that's kind of like, aha, I remember when Alf said this, and Alf stole it from Dan Orlovsky, by the way. Mm -hmm. Watch when Josh Allen is under center. If they're under center and they employ a running game that way, Dolphins must snuff that out. If they're successful there, that goes a long way to keeping them on schedule and keeping them on the field and scoring points. And none of that is good. Josh Allen's 5-0 at home against the Dolphins in his career. But obviously going up now against the Vic Fangio defense, more too high safety looks, taking away some more of those kind of big plays down the field that that Josh has been so successful at. And he talked today about the shot plays down the field on, on tape aren't there that he's seen in, in previous years. So very much a case of Buffalo, I think, of kind of taking what's given to them by, by Vic and by the defense. And to a great degree, that will probably mean Bigger days for Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, the first rounder, Dawson Knox, the, the Pro Bowl tight end, and probably guys like Khalil Shakir and maybe even our old friend Trent Sherfield, as well as, you know, James Cook out the backfield, Damian Harris out the backfield, Latavius Murray out the backfield. You know, you could easily see a much shorter passing game being employed by the Bills to try and, you know, take away what the Dolphins are doing on the back end. And then, therefore, the onus then becomes, again, Huge on the linebackers, but also huge on Javon Holland to try and be able to cover that sort of second level in terms of bringing to the table what he does so well. Yeah, Javon Holland this week uh, uh, met with the media and and he said it was really cool that I, that I showed up on Baldy's breakdowns because uh, <laughs> if I show up on Baldy's breakdowns, I know I'm doing something good. I don't know if you saw. Did you see Baldy's break, breakdown on Javon I Holland did. this week? I did. It's insane. Like, balloons. Uh, yeah, uh, this guy's really good. <laughs> Yeah, okay, uh, my first guy, my, my first thought was okay. Javon Holland's really good. My second thought is where are we getting all this money to pay all these people? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's gonna play in the box, and Vic I think understands, and I think he has some of the tape. And I I spoke about this on on I did a show uh for for uh, a Bills podcast, the Rock Pile Report, and I said this, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we kind of agree. Like they're very impressed with Javon Holland as well. Uh. The last two games, not the playoff game. Yeah, you could count the playoff game too. Uh, the last three games last year, okay? When you watch our safeties and our linebackers play against Josh Allen, most of them look uh, look uh, physically overmatched. There's one guy that does not, and it's not Brandon Jones because a lot of people, ah, oh, play Brandon Jones as a spy, and he should be able to handle it. No, it's Javon Holland. Javon Holland's been the, the one guy that's been so sticky where he's actually snuffed out Pretty much every time that they played him as a spy, and I think I charted it last year as six, six times where they played him as a spy against Josh Allen. They played him twice in that game in the snow the second time, and he got a loss of three and a, a, a no gain on two plays. Okay, uh, of course, at the end of the game, he had a 45 yard run. And who did they have as a spy? They had Jerome Baker. <laughs> okay, so it didn't work that time. Javon Holland is the one guy on our defense that I like as a physical matchup against Josh Allen. He is such a good tackler. Play him near the line. You can. You've already he's already shown it on on tape. Uh he he can guard Dalton Kincaid and if he's in zone and he's in that short zone, he could keep eyes on the tight end, he could keep eyes on Josh Allen as well. I I didn't I'd put a lot on his plate this Sunday and the reason I do it is cuz he can handle it. He's a star. He's one of our best players on our, on our defense, and he can handle that responsibility. And keeping Josh Allen under, let's say, 50 yards rushing, 
I think goes a long way to winning this game. Especially on third downs as well, keeping him yes. to, stopping him from picking up first downs on critical third downs. It is huge, is really huge for this team. And look, before we get out of here and before we do our predictions, just to kind of the, you know, I, I suspect this game will be very close. I think it's going to be a you know field goal or a, you know a point, two points, a difference at the end of the day. I don't think it'll be a blowout either side. And it was interesting to see that you know Reed Ferguson, the 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 long slapper, breaks Blake's brother, uh, the Bills' long slapper, showed up on the injury report today. Didn't practice wrist injury. Um, that's an important you know wrists are very important for snapping the ball. And mm-hmm. you know, Tyler Bass, their kicker, was the uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. So you know we know how good their kicking game is. But you know, small margins. Uh, you know, uh, are the things on which games like this are won, aren't they? And, you know, it may seem not to be vitally important, but actually not having your your key long snapper in who's been there for years and, you know, is a really good, one of the best in the league, not having him there might just throw something or might just be the difference in, you know, whether that's a punt, whether that's a an extra point, anything like that that could just throw something and just give a team like the Dolphins the advantage in a game where they're what, two and a half point underdogs. Those are the sorts of little margins that the little wins that, you know, might make a difference, aren't they? Absolutely. And you know what, what this weekend is, right? It's Bill's Dolphins, which means we get vintage Jason Sanders. He is, uh, he's a different, uh, I don't know what happens to him when he goes to Buffalo. Maybe he'll be kicking for Buffalo next year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because he's so good there. Uh, 19 for 19 extra points against Buffalo, nine for 10 including 350 yarders, two last year. Where the hell have you ever heard that? Him hitting 250 yarders. Actually, he's perfect against Buffalo from 50. So, yeah, we're going to get the big, a big benefit there. And absolutely, when I when I saw that, I was like, that's interesting. A, a long snapper with a wrist injury? You know, it, it wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world if an errant punt snap ends up in the end zone. Like, you know, that'd be nice. So, that's one thing they do got to fix. And Danny Crossman was asked this week, uh, what happened on that kickoff return? And his his answer was very interesting. He says, well, we put in all backups on the kickoff, and then we just completely screwed it up. So don't do that, Danny. Uh, keep your starters in there. Oddly enough, Javon Holland actually runs down on kickoffs, <laughs> and he had left for that that snap, and Kater Kohu took his spot. And Kater Kohu basically blew a fit, and that's why they returned it. So... Yeah, it's going to be a game that's going to be this close. Could be decided on something as dumb as an errant snap on special teams or a big return. So I will definitely watch that. But this is the odd weekend where I have the utmost confidence in Jason Sanders. Ask me again next week on Jason Sanders. Let's get to predictions then before we get out of here. How do you see this one playing out? What do you see as a final score? I think you... uh... You actually ended up winning last week. I think you got closest. I mean, nobody was going to ever predict 70 <laughs> 20, um, but I think you had the biggest blowout. I had a two touchdown, um, but you had Miami scoring 40 plus points. So I think you get the win. So it's 2 1 0. Yeah, I picked it. I, picked, you... I, I actually picked 40 20 last oh, week. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> you know. So I was off by 30 points. Yeah, but you got their score, right? So you, you can, um, yeah, you take the victory. But how do you see this one playing out? Who And how do you see the, the final score? Well, in the preseason, I predicted that the Dolphins would lose this game and then win the one at the end of the season to to knot it up at 11-6 and six and then win the division title. I reserve the right to change my mind. I'm changing my mind. Uh, this offense is really good. They found this running game. This running game will be, I think, good enough to keep them on schedule in this game 
And I'm going to go ahead and say James Sanders won't be needed, although he'll hit a field goal. I got the Dolphins scoring a touchdown and holding on late. Um, let's say with an interception at the 20-yard line by Javon Holland. 31-24. They win. They go to 4-0. They get a stranglehold on the AFC East. I'm going to sit on the fence because I think the Bills will probably win this one, but I'm going to say the Dolphins 36, the Bills 34, just to be a pedant. So that's how I've got. So let's see how it plays out. Let's um, We'll be back on Monday to review. Hopefully the Dolphins going 4-0 and really making a statement in the AFCs and the wider NFL. Um, and we shall go from there. If you want to join us every single day, we are on uh, either 3 Yards Per Carry's Twitter account and Instagram, but you can find us pretty much all the time on our uh on uh, our chat on our discord uh which is called only fins um none of us take our clothes off so um don't worry about that but it's good informative good community great people lots of chat loads of questions loads of video breakdowns alf does amazing stuff with film reviews there's draft stuff there's all sorts of bits and pieces going on around the draft free agency all those things you get kind of you know the nuggets that we hear you get um it's a really good place a lot of good people so you can also find us there every single day enjoy the game at the weekend go fins and we will see you on monday thanks for listening to three yards per carry you can subscribe via itunes on podbean or your usual podcast provider this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a lexus suv a feeling this empowering is invite only fortunately you're invited experience the versatility of the complete line of lexus suvs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to lexus sales event now through april 1st experience amazing at your lexus dealer